Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Ujima Spirit Podcast. I am your host, Tika Taylor. This is part two of Toxic and Dysfunctional Parents. Yes, we are going to continue our conversation. Obviously, one hour is not enough, so we need more time for us to continue our conversation. We do have a lot of toxic and dysfunctional parents out here. They may not even be aware that their behavior is toxic and dysfunctional. They may think that they are the best parents in the world. Unknowing to them, they are causing a lot of harm. Now, on the other side, we do have parents who know that they're toxic. They know that they are dysfunctional, but they don't care. They want to do whatever it is that they want to do when they want to do it at their children's expense. So let's go ahead on and talk about behavior because we hear the word toxic and dysfunctional all the time. But let's talk about the behaviors that constitutes a person being toxic and dysfunctional. Let's let's talk about real life scenarios because a lot of people don't think that their behavior falls under toxic and dysfunctional. So let's continue. Now we left off, we we're talking about forcing children into adulthood and depriving them of their childhood. A lot of parents who are toxic do that. They make their children mini adults. They don't see them as children. They see them as little people. And sometimes they will refer to them as little people, little men, little women, little lady. They even call them that sometimes. And calling them that is definitely not a good thing because you're depriving that child of their childhood identity. That child is not an adult. So you shouldn't call them an adult title or an adult name. Allow them to stay in that child identity. They are children and you can treat them accordingly. But once you give them that adult title, that adult identity, now you're expecting them to take adult roles and behave and act like adults. And that is the problem. A lot of parents start treating their small children, seven, eight, or nine years old, like they're adults. Now, let's just go back a little. We have parents who literally treat children inappropriately due to their age. Like, I'm sure some people could see babies who are like one month old. Their parents try to force them to hold their bottles. They'll put a pillow next to their mouths and, 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 and tilt the bottle, the milk bottle in their mouths, instead of them taking the time to hold that child, nurture them, love them, sing to them, talk to them, let them know how much they're loved. Instead of doing that, a lot of these parents will just put the bottle and, and take something to prop it up. And trying to literally force that baby to hold a bottle. When that child is not ready to hold a bottle. Now this is just an example of trying to make a child older than they are. Or trying to treat them as if they're ready to take certain responsibilities. And definitely they're not ready yet. They're not ready. They're age. Okay, there are certain behaviors that children are able to do with age, with time. They're able to walk at a certain time. Some parents are trying to force their children to walk. Oh, you could do it. You could do it. They're causing damage to their children. They're forcing their children to eat certain foods at a young age. We have three month old are being given adult foods. That child body, that child's digestive system is not ready to consume certain types of food. At that time, they need breast milk. That is the best milk, breast milk. And for whatever reason, if the mother is not able to breastfeed, then they can be fed baby formula. That is the alternative. But the best milk, the best food for babies is Breast milk, mother's breast milk, not animals, but mother, human being mothers. And a lot of these children are being forced to eat early. And sometimes that will cause them to develop food allergies, respiratory problems. 
asthma and all other kind of problems when they are exposed to food too early, solid food. But again, a lot of parents are forcing their children to take on responsibilities or take on roles or play certain type of um, conditions that they're not quite ready to engage in. Now, some parents want to force their children to do chores too early. There's nothing wrong with teaching your child by example. This is how you clean up. This is what you do by actually doing it. And later on, they will emulate you. They will follow you. They will imitate you because you're being the example. You're teaching by example. But some people refuse to clean up. They want their kids to do all the work at a very young age when it's not appropriate. It's not appropriate to have a three, force a three-year-old to clean, you know, the whole room. You could make them pick up after themselves. You could teach them to pick up after themselves and help clean up and organize their little area. But you can't force them to clean everything up. Three, five years old, seven years old, they're too young. All right. So it's very important that we become very conscious of the child's age and their ability at that time, because children are not capable of doing certain things if they're not mentally or emotionally ready. Now, when parents give their children adult identity or an older child identity, they're, they're depriving them of that, that childhood state. Right now, some parents want their children to take care of the whole house, want them to clean the whole house, cook and do laundry. And they, they, they treating their children like personal servants. They're treating them like maids instead of being a child. Again, there's nothing wrong with that child learning how to take care of household chores, washing and cooking and cleaning. There's nothing wrong with that child learning, but it has to be age appropriate. All right, a seven-year-old doesn't need to get up in the morning and cook his or her own breakfast. It's still a parent's job to cook. A lot of children go at a very young age because the parents are neglecting them. They're not providing them with a healthy meal. They're hungry. They go and they go get the bacon and they go get the eggs and they go get, you know, whatever meat that's in the refrigerator and they go to cook. I mean, that is inappropriate. You're making that child an adult. A five-year-old child shouldn't be in the kitchen cooking. A five-year-old child is not ready to be responsible to be able to protect themselves from a fire or from any type of hazardous conditions that's in the kitchen. So we really got to think about these things before we start forcing our children to take adult roles. Some parents will make their children go shopping for the groceries. They'll give them the money and they'll sit in the car and then they'll tell their children to go purchase this, give them a whole list. And that child's only eight years old. That child's only 10. And that parent, because of their own issues, they will sit down sometimes because they're lazy. Some parents are lazy. They don't want to take responsibility. So they put all that responsibility on the child. They want the child to go grocery shopping. And while they sit in the car, they want the child to go cut the lawn and, and do the yard work while they sit inside the house and they see. Now, of course, there's an age where a child can do these things by themselves, but you have to make it age appropriate, not at a young age. All right. A lot of parents sometimes make the older child responsible for the younger children. Have them be mommy. Have them play daddy. And while they sit around and do nothing or they go out with their friends and they just, you know, go do other things. They're forcing that child to take on roles that they're not quite ready to take on. Sometimes they have their children walk to go pick things up from other adults. Walk a long distance. Go to grandma's house and go get this. Go to my friend's house and go pick this up. Go to the grocery store and stop by and get me a pack of cigarettes. They're sending children to go buy cigarettes when they're not even legally are supposed to do that. All right, so this is what happened when parents are so toxic and dysfunctional that they're not thinking about the consequences of their lifestyle or what they're having their children do. They're not thinking about how that child is going to be impacted by that. <clears throat> Some children literally have to walk to school far. They have to walk six miles to school, five miles, four miles, three miles. And the parents have a car. 
they can definitely take that child to school, but they don't want to get up out the bed because sometimes they're too lazy. They don't want to be inconvenienced. They're busy doing their own thing. They don't want to take that child to school. So you have these small children, you see them walking for miles. This is abuse. This is failure to protect. This is neglect. This child is walking mild. By the time they get to school, they're exhausted. Also, that child is being exposed to possible kidnappers. We do have human trafficking. We do have children being kidnapped all the time. And parents, you know, don't take that into consideration. They let these children be out unsupervised. Whether they're girl or boy, it doesn't matter. And those children are at risk for being kidnapped. And a lot of parents fail to protect their children. Some children have to secure their transportation to school and from school. Their parents are not going to provide them with transportation. They're not going to guarantee that they're going to pick them up. They don't want to pick them up at all. Right? Now, these are the things that toxic and dysfunctional parents do that's depriving that child of their childhood. Okay? Another thing that toxic parents do, emotional deprivation. They provide no type of emotional support, comfort, and security for their child. They dismiss their feelings, ignore their emotional needs, and minimize their emotional reaction. That's a toxic parent. Your child needs to be comforted emotionally. Your child needs support emotionally. They need to feel safe and secure emotionally. They need to know that they can talk to you, the parent, about what they're feeling, what they're thinking, and what they're experiencing, what they're going through. They need you to be able to provide some type of support, some type of comfort. Yeah, you have to validate their feelings. You have to say, I understand. You have the right to feel sad. You have the right to feel angry if something is bothering you. And It is your job as the parent to help them process these emotions. But dysfunctional, toxic parents don't do that. They totally dismiss the child because they don't want to deal with that child's emotion. A lot of them don't care or they don't know how to deal with their own emotions. So they feel very uncomfortable dealing with that child's emotion. But that's definitely a form of neglect. You're neglecting that child emotionally. That child wants a hug. Mommy, could you hug me? Daddy, could you hug me? And some of these parents, you know, toxic parents, they don't want to hug their children. They feel uncomfortable. They feel it's inappropriate because growing up, maybe they never had their parents hug them. Or maybe they were molested sexually and they feel uncomfortable having any type of physical contact with their children. Obviously, you know, this is a problem. They need to get some counseling or some therapy to resolve these issues. If they feel uncomfortable hugging their children or uncomfortable being just emotionally intimate with their children, then it's a problem because a parent needs to be able to comfort their child, whether it's giving them a hug, giving them a kiss on the cheeks, you know, just letting them know it's okay, holding their hands, just being physically affectionate. A parent should be able to do that. The children need that. But there are boundaries. If parents don't know how to be that way in a healthy way with their children, show their emotions in a healthy way, then they need to get some help. Because some parents who are toxic, they don't have any boundaries. They will say and do anything to that child. They don't have any type of consideration or empathy. Like, you know, I'm not going to do that to my child. That is my child. I'm not going to laugh at them when they're crying. I'm not going to make fun of them when they're trying to express themselves to me. I'm not going to put them down when, you know, they're trying to share something with me. So it's very important that we identify these toxic behaviors so we can stop them. Because it's it's not something that we should continue to do. Right? Now, continuing. Allowing children to make other adult decisions. Because earlier we spoke about children making adult decisions in terms of thinking that they could change their biological gender. That's what we focused on earlier. Now we're focusing on relationships. All right? Children at a young age. Some parents allow their children at a young age to have a dating experience. 
A child is only 11 years old or 12 years old. Why are you allowing them to officially date another child? There are two children. You're allowing them to make out, you know, sexually experiment with each other. There are consequences to that, especially at that age. They can experience pregnancies or they can still experience STDs at that young age. So it's very important that parents don't allow their children to make adult decisions when it comes to relationships. If a child says, I want to have a boyfriend and you're 10 years old, obviously you're not mature enough emotionally and mentally to even know what a boyfriend is or girlfriend is. But a lot of toxic Parents allow their children to engage in a dating scenario or in a sexual situation at a very young age. That is inappropriate. That child is too young. 11, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15. That child is too young, right? But a lot of parents, they think it's all right because their parents allow them to do it. And some parents just want to be cool. They want to be accepted by their children, so they don't want to say no. You have to know when to say no to your children and talk to them and let them know that they're not emotionally or mentally ready to engage in a dating situation or to engage in any type of sexual activity. You got to teach them. You got to talk to them because they don't know no better. A lot of children, they get into puberty, they will be curious about sex. They will want to engage in sex or sexually experiment. And you have to let them know it's a natural thing to want to do it, but there are consequences that come with it. And they're not ready to deal with that. It's not worth it to put themselves at risk for unwanted pregnancy or to have a STD or to have a broken heart. They're not ready to process the emotions that come with a sexual relationship. So it's very important that parents teach their children. It makes no sense. To, to tell these children that abortion is an option at a young age. The best thing is prevention. Don't encourage your child to engage in a dating relationship or sexual activity and then let them know that it's okay for them to have an abortion at a young age. It's not okay because that abortion comes with consequences. That child can die doing an abortion. That child could be medically injured doing abortion. That child can become infertile in the future. So it's not something that we should take lightly, but a lot of parents who are toxic and dysfunctional, they will take these subjects very lightly, like it's no big deal. Some of them use abortion as a a contraceptive, and it's not. It shouldn't be used that way. And a lot of parents will force their children to have an abortion. They're 15, 16, 17. They will force them to have an abortion when they clearly don't want to have it. They don't want to get an abortion. All right? They don't want it. So it's a catch-22 situation. The child may not want it because they don't want to put their bodies at risk and and they don't want to put their health at risk. At the same time, they're not financially in a position to erase a child and take care of a child, right? But now it's not really an option anymore. A lot of places are not providing abortions the way they used to. So you really need to talk to your children about having sexual relationships You have to prepare them. If they choose to engage in that, they're going to have to practice contraceptive usage. If not, then the possibility of them getting pregnant, there is a possibility that they're not going to be allowed to have an abortion and they're going to be forced to raise this child or place the child up for adoption. And a lot of children don't want to put their children up for adoption either. So it's a catch-22. So the best thing is prevention. Prevention. Tell your children it's not okay to engage in sexual activity. They're not ready mentally, emotionally, physically, or financially. Now, some parents who are toxic give their children a choice if they want to go to school or not. This is called truancy. You cannot not go to school. It's illegal in many states for a child not to go to school under the age of 16. They have to go to school. Now, a lot of parents are just treating their children like they're adults and letting them make the decision. I don't want to go to school today. The child is not sick. There's nothing physically or mentally wrong with this child. They just don't want to go to school. That is called truancy. And a lot of parents are charged. This can be a criminal charge in some states. It all depends on where you live in some countries. All right. So you don't really give a child an option if they want to go to school or not. By law, in the United States, they have to go to school up to the age of 16. 
And a lot of parents are pretty much giving their child an option. Oh, you don't have to go to school. No one in the family graduated from high school. Why do you want to graduate from high school? A lot of parents discourage their children from finishing high school. This is a dysfunctional parent. You don't want your child to finish high school because you didn't finish high school? You don't want your child to learn to read and to write? You're illiterate. You can't read and you can't write. And you want your child to do the same thing? Okay, you're in a low-paying job. And you don't want your child to better their educational opportunities? You don't want them to utilize their educational resources to get better, to have a better financial future? That you know you have a lot of toxic parents who really engage in these type of behaviors. Now, drugs and alcohol, obviously it's illegal for a parent to allow a child to use drugs and alcohol. But when we talk about dysfunctional behavior, we do have some parents who give their children access to drugs and alcohol. Some parents introduce their child to drugs and alcohol and they use drugs and alcohol with their children. Now, a lot of parents do this and they don't know how bad it is. Some parents, in order to make a child go to sleep, a baby, they would put some alcohol, some liquor, some beer in their child's formula. This is crazy, but you have parents who do that. That child will go to sleep because they're feeding them alcohol to make them sleepy so they can go to sleep. Now, this is dysfunction. Why would a parent give their child alcohol deliberately so they can go to sleep? Some parents, when they want to leave their children unattended, they give them alcohol or drugs so they can go to sleep. So they don't wake up until that parent come back. They don't have to worry about it. This is crazy, but this is the reality. People are doing this to their children. They're doing this to their children. They're literally introducing them to alcohol and drugs. Some family is an intergenerational problem. Everyone in that family is an alcoholic. Everyone in that family is a drug addict. So because of that, they're dysfunctional and they're toxic and they don't see anything wrong with them doing this. This is a family custom, a family tradition. They all sit around and drink beer. All of them sit there and drink liquor. They all sit there and smoke cigarettes or use snuff. This is sick. A parent is supposed to be a good example for their children. If you smoke and you drink, do that away from your children. Don't do that around them. A lot of parents are smoking around their newborn babies. They're small children. That child's risk for respiratory diseases increase when you expose them to these pollutants. Cigarettes, cigars, these are pollutants. All right? So it's very important that we think about it. A lot of these parents are not thinking about it. They're in a car. All the windows are up. And they're smoking a cigarette and they have a baby in the car. They have a small child in the car. These are things that children don't need to be exposed to. Secondhand smoking is just as deadly as firsthand smoking. A lot of people who, who have cancer, cancer of the mouth, the, the, the throat, the skin, other cancers, they got it from secondhand smoking. So if you smoke cigarettes and cigars, please do that away from your children. But if you're a toxic, dysfunctional parent, you may not see anything wrong with you smoking and drinking around your children. You may not see anything wrong with you doing drugs around your children or even encouraging them and offering them that. This is completely sick, but this is the reality. A lot of parents who are dysfunctional will tell you, well, I'd rather them do drugs with me than go do it with somebody else. Now, how dysfunctional can you be? That is complete dysfunction. It is not all right for you to introduce your children to drugs. Marijuana is considered a drug in many states. So again, you can't sit there and give your children a drug. Now, when it's made illegal, there are consequences that come with it. Now, in the states where marijuana is legal and it's used for medicinal purposes, if it's used as medicine, then it's fine. You're not supposed to give your child that. They're supposed to get a prescription for that. The whole point is that parents are responsible for providing for their children, to protect their children. How can you 
do your job as a parent when you're the one who are introducing your child to drugs and alcohol, encouraging children to drink at a young age. And some parents, when they want to abuse their children sexually, sometimes they do give them drugs and alcohol because they don't remember. They don't remember being abused, violated sexually because they were high or they were drunk. Now, crime. Some parents who are toxic and abusive, they encourage their children to engage in criminal activities. Sometimes the whole family is engaging, partaking in illegal activities, whether they shoplifting, whether they stealing cars, whether they writing bad checks, they're committing all type of acts that are illegal. And the parents introduce these children to doing this. So this is definitely a dysfunctional and toxic behavior. Parents sometimes like to initiate their children into gangs. Just because they were part of a gang, now they want their children to be part of that gang. It's sad that they want their children to live the same exact lifestyle. Now we have legal gangs and we have illegal gangs. We have street gangs and we have corporate gangs. We have different type of gangs because when we hear the word gang, automatically we assume some, some urban environment where you have people shooting each other. No, there are different types of gangs. We have gangs on all levels. There are rich gangs like the mafia. And then we have local street gangs. We got prison gangs. We got church gangs. We got police gangs. We got all kinds of gangs. And a lot of parents who are toxic and dysfunctional, they introduce their children to these gangs. They're the ones who initiate their children because, you know, they want their kids to be part of that. We got racial gangs. We got racist gangs. We have all kinds of gangs. We have religious gangs. We got occultic gangs. You know, so we do have their parents who are introducing their children into these toxic and dysfunctional lifestyles. So it's very important. We're going to continue. Now, toxic parents, financial abuse and deprivation. A lot of toxic and dysfunctional parents, they financially abuse their children. They deprive their children of having their basic needs. They permit that child to go without. That child has nothing. They're not able to eat. They're deprived of food. They're experiencing famine. A lot of children go to sleep hungry or they're not eating enough food. Now, in the United States, a lot of people, you know, think this is a wealthy country. Everybody is rich. Everybody has. But that's not true. We have a high rate of poverty in the United States. A lot of children are going to bed hungry. A lot of parents It's not because they're poor. It's just neglect. They're not providing for their children. Or the resources they do have, they're not allocating them to buy food. They're spending that money on something else. So yes, toxic parents don't provide for their children's basic need. And one of their basic needs is food. That's one of their basic needs is food. And the children go to bed hungry. They don't have food to eat. Now, I'm not demonizing the parents who are poor and they don't have any food to give their children. I'm not demonizing them. I'm not saying they're toxic and dysfunctional parents because they don't feed their children. No, they don't feed themselves because they don't have the means to secure food. We call that food insecurity. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about toxic parents who literally have the funds available to provide for their children their basic need, but they choose not to. They'd rather go buy tennis shoes. That's $300. They'd rather go buy a sport ticket to go see a, you know, their favorite team, the sport team play. They'd rather take that money and travel or go to the club and make it rain. They're not going to use the money that they have to be able to provide their children's basic need. You have some parents who are eating steak and lobster and they're deliberately feeding their children hot dogs, junk food fast food, but they're eating healthy. So that is definitely a form of deprivation. They are depriving their children of their basic needs. 
You see this all the time. Some parents dress up so nice. They have all designer brand name clothes and their children look like they're poor. Their children are unkept. They look like they're living at the bottom of the barrel. In reality, it's just nothing but neglect. Their parents have the means to provide for them, but they choose not to. Now that is definitely a sign of a toxic and dysfunctional parent. This is what they do. Now, financial literacy. A lot of parents abuse their children in the sense where they don't teach them about financial literacy. They don't prepare them financially. They don't set them up. They don't teach them how to invest their money. They don't teach them how to make money. Make money, make money for them. They don't teach them financial literacy. They don't teach them how to budget. They don't teach them anything. That is toxic. How are you going to have the knowledge of how to make money? You know about savings. You know about investments. But you're not teaching your children. You're allowing your children to be just financially reckless and irresponsible. You can teach your children financial literacy. But you choose not to because you're a toxic parent. You don't prepare your children for the future. You're not going to put something in their name and invest you know, money for them. So when they grow up, they'll have money for school if they want to go to school. They have money to get a car or they have money to uh, go ahead on and buy a house. There are certain people who know how to invest their money and make the money, make money for their children. So by the time they're 18, they have $50,000 in the bank. They have $100,000. But you have a lot of parents who financially abuse their children. They neglect them financially. They don't help them prepare or secure a better financial future. Right? Continuing with toxic parents. Depriving child of other biological parent. Now this is something that is very serious. A lot of people now, whether they're same sex or they're not, they're choosing to have children, but they're denying that child access to their other biological parent. Some of these people go to sperm banks. They go to egg donors. It doesn't matter their motive. It doesn't matter if they want to be a single parent or they're infertile. They, they, they have to go to a sperm bank and get another man's sperm. It doesn't matter why they're doing this. The reality is that child don't know and won't ever know their other biological parent. Now, a lot of people may think that's not toxic, but it is. And I'm not here to judge nobody. I'm not here to demonize anybody, but we have to think about the consequences of our choices. Now, yes, we do have a lot of people who are infertile and they can't conceive a child. So they do go to the sperm bank. They do get egg donors. They do get, you know, all type of uh, 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 implants, the fetus implants, embryos. They, they do get all that. But we have to keep in mind there's consequences to those things. Yeah, the technology is advanced where we can do these things that help infertile couples. But you have to keep in mind that one day your child is going to ask you, who is my mother? If that child was conceived by a fetus implant, a fetus was frozen and then thought out and put back into the woman's womb. That child was donated. Maybe an infertile couple, you know, they fertilize the eggs and they froze it just in case other parents who are, other people who are childless want to have children. They can't. So they agree to carry that fetus to term, which is a baby. I'm just saying fetus just to identify the stage of development. Right now, you have to keep in mind that child is going to ask one day, who is my mother? Who is my father? And you're going to either tell them the truth or you're going to have to lie to them. Either way, they're going to be deprived of their other biological parent. And a lot of people, you know, don't see it that way. But that child is forced to separate. They're forced to separate from their biological parent because they will never know who that person is. 
And that definitely can be a problem for that child. And a lot of toxic parents don't think about that. They just, hey, they want to have a baby, they're going to have a baby. Am I saying that all parents who do that are toxic? No, all parents are not toxic who decide that they want to use fertility assistance to conceive a child. All of them are not. But we do have some people who are toxic before they conceived that child, before they did the procedure, and they were toxic then and after they have the baby, they're still toxic. That's what I'm talking about. But when it comes to that, they don't want to address that with their child. At some point that they are deprived of a biological parent. That is the reality. At some point, you're going to have to have that discussion with your child. How do they feel that they will never know their biological parent? At least one of them. Okay. It's very important that we think about that. And another thing is that, you know, parents deprive the child of the biological parent through a force separation. That child is separated from the biological parent by divorce, by relocation, or an adoption. Some mothers put up their children up for adoption and not ever tell the father that he had a child. So that child was forced to separate from their biological father because that father never knew they even existed. That is depriving a child of the other biological parent. And a lot of people don't think about that. A child will be impacted when they don't know who their biological parent is. This is a serious problem. Okay. Now, another way that toxic parents deprive their child of the other biological parent is forcing the child to pick side. They force the child to pick a side. Either you pick me or the other parent. That child loves both parents. That child needs both parents. So it's very toxic and dysfunctional to force that child to pick a side. All right? And some parents, they totally deny the existence of the other parent. They totally reject or ignore the other parent. They don't tell that child nothing about the other parent. They don't tell them anything about where they come from who their parents are. They don't they don't say anything. They just act like that other parent don't exist. Now another thing is is that sometimes toxic parents they degrade, attack and belittle the other parent. The other biological parent that's not there. They just constantly talk bad about that parent. That is depriving that child of their biological parent. That child already feels bad because they don't have the other parent in their life. And now that toxic parent is constantly judging, criticizing, belittling that child's parent. That child may be able to identify with the other parent. And that child may internalize what you're saying about the other parent. They can say, well, if my dad is no good, maybe I'm no good. If my dad is dumb and stupid, maybe I'm dumb and stupid. If my mom is not smart, maybe I'm not. All right, so we got to be careful what we say to children about their biological parent. Very important, especially if you're trying to degrade the other parent and then you tell the child, you're going to be just like your dad. You're going to be just like your mom. That's not healthy. That is what? Dysfunctional. Now, some people are jealous of their children. They're jealous. A toxic, dysfunctional parent will be jealous of their children. When the child gets attention or they get credit for doing something, they have, you know, a, some type of talent or ability. They have high intelligence. Maybe they have a beautiful personality. Everybody notices that child personality. And sometimes it's even their physical appearance. Toxic parents will be jealous of their child. This is sick. But we do have a lot of toxic parents who are engaging in this behavior, especially women. Some women are so insecure, they're so toxic, they're insecure that they're jealous of their own daughters. Because they're no longer young, they're not getting the same attention, and maybe their daughters remind them of how they were when they were young, how they used to get all the attention. And now, 
they don't get that same attention because they're older. Maybe they change weight or maybe they don't look the same. Then maybe they're not as attractive anymore. And now they see their child, specifically their daughter, getting all that attention. Sometimes they have a problem with that. The same thing goes for the males. Sometimes males have a problem when their son, their son is basically getting the attention that they used to get. Sometimes they're jealous of the child because the child gets along with the other parent. The child gets along. The other parent really likes the child. They really have a beautiful relationship. And toxic parents could be jealous of their children's relationship with the other parent. Or the child's relationship with other family members. It's sick. But this is something that happens all the time. Now we have something called red drum. That's when a child is killed by one of their parents because they know that they love the other parent. Kill or harm child because they love other parent. This is crazy. This is sick, but we're talking about toxic and dysfunctional people. Now, this is beyond toxic. This is sick, all right? But we do have people who are so jealous of their children because of whatever reason or some of the reasons that we stated, they are willing to kill their children. They're willing to hurt them, especially if they have a love for the other parent or the other parent love them. This is sick because parents are supposed to love their children and they shouldn't be killed because of that. But we're dealing with a sick mind, right? Continuing. Now, some parents are in competition with their children. This is, remember now, we keep it in mind. This is not normal. This is a toxic and dysfunctional person. Now, they're constantly comparing themselves to the child. Telling the child that they are better than them. They're superior to them. This is sick. We have parents who are in competition with their children. They're trying to outdo their children. They're trying to outdress them. Out, you know, out them in every way. Trying to have one up on them. And this is sick. That is the mind of a child. An adult who is toxic and dysfunctional, they are very immature. They're very selfish and they can be very narcissistic. Right? They always think of themselves. They have to be the center of attention. They cannot take attention away from themselves to have the child get some attention. Okay? Now, hatred of child. We have parents who are toxic and dysfunctional who literally hate their children. Maybe that child resembles the other parent. Maybe that child has a similar personality with the other parent. Maybe they get along better with the other parent. For whatever reason, they hate that child. Maybe that child they felt came at the wrong time and that child took their career away, so they think. That child deprived them of opportunity. They can't go out and do what they want. So instead of them hating the situation, they end up projecting that hate to the child. All right. So maybe they think that child made them give up their dreams and their goals. And that's the reason why they're, they're so hateful. And some of these parents who hate their children, sometimes they try to force their children to live out their dreams. Now, if they wanted to be a doctor and they didn't have a chance to be a doctor, now they want that child to be a doctor. Now they want that child to be an athlete. They want that child to be famous. They want to impose their dreams and their goals onto that child. Even though that's causing that child harm. That child don't want to be a doctor. But because they wanted to be a doctor, they didn't have the chance. Now they're pushing their child to be a doctor. They don't care if that child hates being a doctor. They just want that child to accomplish a goal that they didn't have a chance to do. Now some of these parents hate their children. And they use their children to fulfill their own fantasies. Now they have unrealistic expectations from their children. They expect them to do things that are un you know, unattainable. They're trying to force their child to do things that are not appropriate for their age. We have a lot of sick parents out there. Now, providing child with no proper guidance and allowing them to raise themselves. You have these parents that are missing in action. They are missing as a parent. They don't take the role of a parent. They take the role of a friend, a babysitter or a stranger. These parents do not provide their children with the proper guidance. 
They don't raise their children. They want their children to be their little friend, their little playmates, their little companions. They let their children do whatever they want to do without thinking of the consequences. Now, these are the toxic and dysfunctional parents. Now, triggered by child. Some of these parents allow their children to trigger them. The child reminds them of their own problems or unresolved issues. They get angry easy. They get frustrated with the child. They get enraged by the child's behavior. Unfortunately, we do have parents who do these things. This is a common thing for toxic and dysfunctional parents to do. They trigger. They are get they get triggered by their children because of their own childhood or their unresolved issues. Now we see these parents screaming at the top of their lungs at their kids, cussing them out, calling them names. That is inappropriate. That is a toxic parent. Sometimes they play favoritism. Child was treated badly due to parents practicing favoritism. All right? Sometimes they prefer to have a boy, but they had a girl. They end up treating that child bad because that child wasn't their preferred gender. Now they're treating their preferred gender with favoritism. They're treating their girl with all the love in the world, giving her all the attention because they didn't want to have a boy, they wanted to have a girl. So now they're going to choose to favor the girl and reject and abandon and neglect the boy. Some parents practice favoritism based on physical appearance. Maybe the child don't look like they want the child to look. And they're going to favor the child that looks the way they want them to look. This is called beauty privilege where children are not considered to be beautiful. The children who are not as beautiful or as attractive, they are not treated right. They are abused, neglected, exploited, and even abandoned. The children who are pretty, they get pretty privilege. They get treated very nice. This is called favoritism based on pretty privilege. The children who are very intelligent, sometimes they're favored. If they have a lot of talent, a lot of skill, or maybe they just have a certain personality, They get favored. So favoritism is definitely a form of abuse. When children are denied care because they're not the favorite, they're denied their basic needs, they're denied love and support and nurturing because their parents don't favor them because they don't have what it is that they were expected to have. It's a problem. Okay? Not continuing. Projecting negativity onto the child. This is toxic and abusive for parents to project their negativity. A lot of parents have fear, insecurity, doubt, worry, vice, vulnerability, and low self-esteem. What they do, they project that onto the child. They project it and they really pretty much help that child internalize those negative behaviors, those negative emotions, those negative patterns. They create that. In other words, they spoil that child. They made that child into something that they really weren't because they introduced the idea to them or they forcefully impose it on them. Okay? Now they assign the child inappropriate roles. Okay? And some parents that's what they do. They make the child the parent. They assign the child parental roles. I'm the parent but I'm going to have you take on the role of the parent and I'm going to be the child. That child could be their personal servant, domestic worker, or their babysitter. This is the role that the child plays. The child is not allowed to be a child. So toxic and, and uh, dysfunctional parents do this. It's very important that we understand all these dysfunctional behaviors. Now we could talk for hours and hours. I'm going to stop right there. Let's talk about what happens because a lot of parents don't acknowledge the negative consequences of their toxic behaviors on their adult children. We're not talking about just things that happen when you're younger and how you feel when you're younger. Those things continued to follow you into adulthood. So the children who had toxic and dysfunctional parents, they do grow up. They become adults and they are still negatively affected. Let's very quickly go through some of the negative consequences of growing up with a toxic and dysfunctional parent. Now, majority of adults will continue to have trauma 
or suffer from PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. They will continue to have low self-esteem, lack of self-confidence, lack, you know, they lack uh, 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 the ability to love themselves, to appreciate themselves. They will engage in all type of self-sabotaging behaviors, negative self-talk, low self-image, self-blame, downplay or dismiss their achievement. This all comes with low self-esteem. So if you were raised by a toxic or dysfunctional parent, when you become an adult, it doesn't stop. The negative impact of it don't stop by itself. Unless you're seeking counseling or you're seeking help, those negative impacts are going to continue into your adulthood. Emotional suffering and pain. A lot of adult children who suffered from the toxic and dysfunctional parents, they still feel the emotional pain. Sometimes they develop hate, anger, bitterness, frustration, disappointment, and even rage. Sometimes they suffer depression and sadness. They have psychosomatic illnesses, body aches, headaches, stomach ache, digestive problem, low immunity. They suffer from mental health problems. They can have phobias, panic disorders, obsessive compulsive disorder, bipolar, and anxiety disorder. They can have memory problems and foggy brain, unable to focus and concentrate. They can even be at higher risk for chronic health problems. So if you know someone that was raised by a toxic and dysfunctional parent, find out what type of chronic illness they're suffering from. You'll see. Sometimes they will develop migraines, bowel disease, vision problems, diabetes, chronic bronchitis, lung disease, brain damage, arthritis, stroke, heart attack, high blood pressure, and even cancer. This is something that's very important. Now, people will have all kinds of physical problems because they had psychological, mental problems, right? Trouble learning and paying attention. We're going to continue. These are the things that happen to adults who were raised by toxic parents when they were children. They have trouble learning, paying attention. They have problem with self-discipline and self-control. Trouble sitting down. You know, these people are bouncing all around. They, they have all type of attention disorders when they're adults. Okay. They don't know how to set boundaries. They don't know how to say no. They still seek approval and external validation. They have emotional detachment problems. And sometimes they can be a little cold or standoffish. Being defensive and aggressive. Sometimes they engage in self-harming behaviors to include self-mutilation and they're suicidal. Sometimes they're not deliberately trying to be suicidal. They're not going to take a pill right now. or They're not going to take a gun and kill themselves. But they'll behave reckless and be risky and do things that may put them in harm's way. They may be more accident prone, clumsy. Because, you know, again, they're not trying to be here because they don't want to be here. They may indulge in drug and alcohol addiction. They may have sexual problems. They may be promiscuous. They may be sex addicts. They engage in pornography addiction, sexual inhibition, inability to achieve orgasm, pain or numbness during sex, right? These are sexual problems that they can have. Eating disorders, they can be malnourished, they have bulimia and anorexia, eating, binging, purging, and obesity. They can have guilt and shame, lack of sense of self and identity. They don't know who they are, especially the people who have no relationship with their biological parent. You know, they were cut off for one of their biological parents. They don't even know who they are. They have identity problems, sleeping problems. They can't sleep. They have insomnia, nightmares, sleeping, uh, walking, sleepwalking, sleep disturbance, altered sleep cycles, trouble falling asleep, trouble staying asleep, or they're sleeping too much. Sometimes they're hypervigilant. They have all type of fears and phobias. They have trouble trusting others, social withdrawal, isolation and loneliness. People pleasing, unforgiving and intolerant. They have perfectionism and they have fear of failure or not being good enough. Sometimes they have martyr behavior. They want to be a martyr, be selfless, self-sacrificing and self-neglect. Sometimes they're violent. They can be delinquents in adulthood. They can have antisocial behavior. They can have interpersonal and relationship problems. They can have certain triggers and frequent flashbacks. They can be hypersensitive to criticism. 
feeling of helplessness, hopelessness, and powerlessness. And they have a higher risk of re-victimization, meaning that the people who are raised by toxic and dysfunctional parents, they have a high risk of being re-victimized. They were victimized as a child. Now, as an adult, they have a higher risk. Maybe they're going into a domestic violence relationship. Maybe they'll be victim of human trafficking, victim of sexual assault and rape, victim of bullying, gang, and occultic. Okay? So, they can have all these experiences. All right? They can have all these experiences. Now, how to deal with toxic parents as an adult? How do you deal with that? How do you deal with them? They want to come back and they want to act like they ain't do nothing to you. It's important that you acknowledge your parents' past abusive and toxic behavior. Don't deny it, minimize it, excuses, or dismiss it. You have to acknowledge that something happened. You have to acknowledge there is a problem in order for you to resolve it. Acknowledge it's not your fault and don't take it personally. All right. Don't take it personally. It's kind of hard not to take it personally because it actually happened to you. But you have to realize that it wasn't your fault. If you were raised by toxic and dysfunctional parents, don't take responsibility for their actions. Don't take responsibility for their behavior. You have to let them take responsibility for it. You have to not take it personal. You have to know that it wasn't your fault. Now, acknowledge as a child you were vulnerable needy and dependent on your parents for care and it was their responsibility to provide for your needs. Acknowledge as a child you were worthy of love, valuable, you were valued as a person and deserving of care. You have to acknowledge that. You are worthy of love, valuable as a person and deserving of care. Acknowledge that your parents had their own personal problems shortcomings, weakness, trauma, and concern that contributed to them being irresponsible, reckless, and uncaring. Acknowledge that your parents' toxic behavior is not a reflection on you or how they felt about you personally. It was their own trauma that had nothing to do with you. Acknowledge that as a child you played no part or contributed to your parents' toxic and dysfunctional behavior. They can't blame you or make it your fault for what they did. Acknowledge that you are now an adult and your parents have no power and control over you unless you choose to give them that power. Acknowledge that you are now free to control your life and determine who you become. Acknowledge that you can forgive yourself for anything that was done in the past. Acknowledge that you can choose to forgive your toxic parents at any time. Acknowledge that you have the right to protect, take care, and heal yourself. That you have to make you the priority. Acknowledge that you can set your personal boundary and have it respected. Acknowledge that you can temporarily or permanently remove any harmful individual from your life any harmful individual, which can include your toxic parents, your toxic siblings, or other toxic relatives. Acknowledge that you have the right to fully recover and heal from your past trauma. Acknowledge that you have the right to participate in counseling, therapy, and support group for your past trauma from your toxic parents. Acknowledge that you can confront your toxic parent for their past destructive behavior. You have that right. You can do that solely by yourself. You can do it in a family setting or you can have group counseling or mediation if they agree to do it. Acknowledge it's not possible to address the past with your parents. Acknowledge if it's not possible, then you're going to have to do it another way. If they don't want to talk to you, if they're dead, they're gone, they're relocated, you don't know where they are. If it's not possible to talk to them directly about what happened in the past, then you can definitely write a letter to yourself addressing what happened and then release it. Either you burn it, you bury it, or you throw it in the ocean, but you're letting it go. Acknowledge you have the right to live a healthy lifestyle to include love, peace, joy, happiness, blessings, and abundance. 
Just because your parents were toxic and dysfunctional doesn't mean that you have to be. You have the choice to choose your destiny. You can live a life of health and happiness and wealth, or you can stay stuck in toxic and dysfunctional behavior. It's always your choice. You don't have to let that define you. Thank you.